0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Old English e. Detroit Tigers podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Casey. As always, joined by Josh. How you doing this week, buddy? I do. We're having a
1: we're having a great, uh, great long weekend over here. I had uh, my best friend teach me how to play some pickleball this weekend. It was a good time. I was gonna bring up the pickleballs. I didn't think you were
0: gonna bring up the pickleballs. I didn't, dude. Had it. This, this is this is week number two in a row where we're talking about pickleball. By the way,
1: this is not a for. pickleball podcast yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was gonna say yes. <laughs> no, that, was the, that was the important thing. How did we? How did we like it, buddy? It, it was a lot more fun than I anticipated. I picked it up, I think, a little bit quicker than I was uh, than I was thinking I would, which is huge. Uh, and I, I think I uh, think we got a little competitive there at the end, which is always a good sign. That's what you
0: want. I mean, in, in all reality, like, you know, you don't want to just be left in the dust. And and two, you don't want me to go too easy on you. Of course not. You know? No. So I, I, there might have been a couple cheap serves. The wind was was a struggle today, though. The the, the wind was was a struggle today. It was tough to serve. And uh, for anyone who's played pickleball out there, uh, the wiffle ball is highly affected by the wind. So, but it was a good time. You did pick it up quite quickly. I did see, I saw, I saw it a little bit. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I saw it a little bit a little bit of addiction we are we there are we do we do we feel it do we feel the bug did it bite you
1: uh i am definitely interested on uh returning to the pickleball court uh i'm gonna have to to get into some some more games here to see what see what it brings but i i would leave the door open to to a to an addiction problem at this point i like it i like it do you think there are
0: pickleball courts in indiana that are easily accessible for you
1: uh, yeah, I do. The only issue is I feel like that's going to be a more fun to do with people you know, and I'm not really sociable like that in Indiana for whatever reason. You can
0: bring Alex. It's a great date
1: night. Yeah, I maybe. The only issue is I don't know where we have put our child. That is an important thing. You could use her as the pickleball. <laughs> So, I think that one's going to get shot down pretty quickly. <laughs> no,
0: just bring her to watch. You know, I'm sure she'll be fine. She's, I, she basically takes care of herself now, right? Uh, yes. Five months? Self sufficient
1: yeah. here at four months. You yep. know,
0: yeah, exactly. And you'll be just fine. It'll be absolutely fantastic. Well, I appreciate you coming up to to spend some time with me. Thanks for getting away from from the fam. We had a fantastic afternoon. And yes, I, I did I did introduce you to the game of pickleball. Thanks for indulging me, but I, I you know, if I do say so myself, I think you had some fun. I think he had some fun. So unfortunately, we're not here to talk about pickleball for the entirety of this podcast as much as I would like to. We have some better Tigers baseball to talk about, Josh. That is one very exciting thing. We have a game that we just came back from, nice little comeback, victory over the Royals for tonight's game. We're recording after the Monday night game, so a little recording context for you. Uh, so we have that to talk about. We have uh, actually some new acquisitions that the tigers made over the week as well some normal injury updates and uh oh yeah scott harris just decided to have a press conference today for the first time pretty much all year so we're a little jam-packed and we're gonna try and fit in uh, the rest of that roster game that we started last week right let's do it let's do it where are we starting yeah let's try and oh oh, well we gotta we gotta start with carrie we gotta start with carrie's homer today dude's on fire the dude is on fire. What do we think?
1: Dude, second game in a row, he's hitting close to 400 since he came back from the injured list. Uh, I was a little skeptical, man, when you when you were saying that you thought he was gonna be the the catalyst in Carey's absence. But wow, were you right? You, Riley's absence, but yes, uh, yes. Uh, he's. I think he's had one game where he didn't get a hit, and mm-hmm. dude it's so fun to watch a Tigers baseball team that can score runs. Like, I, and I meant to ask you this question too. Last week, I didn't get to it. I think I know the answer. Would you rather watch a team with awful pitching or no hitting? Ooh.
0: Um, definitely awful pitching, but I will say awful pitching is frustrating in different ways. You know what I mean? like Like, awful hitting is like, boring and, and and unfortunate and like everyone kinda goes through that. Awful pitching is like, okay, could this have been avoided? You know, like like could you have done a different pitch mix? Like we all know that the Tigers have better pitchers out there. But yeah, they're they're both agonizing for different reasons. But I, 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down and it's definitely I would like to see more offense, even though I watch baseball games with the pitching. But there's there's no way I like watching us lose and get shut out zero to two in, yeah. in some instances. So, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, since our last pod, we uh, did not fare well in the Atlanta series. So we don't have to talk about it. We just don't have to talk about it. Um, they had a game postponed. They're a good baseball team, and it And that's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. They're a good baseball team. We should only take one game out of that series, like we did. You know, we, we only took one game. And they're leading their division. So I it just sucks after getting swept by the Diamondbacks. That, that's what hurts the most. So you're right. They're a good baseball team. We probably should have done exactly what we did there. It's okay that we didn't win that series. But an important series against Minnesota to at least keep Scott Harris's mind percolating the ideas of not selling during the trade deadline to to maybe keep ourselves in the division which is probably prolonging the inevitable inevitable um so that's a whole discussion for maybe another time or maybe a little bit later but we did well against the twins we took three of four in minnesota and i don't think they like javier baez dude i don't think i mean i don't think anywhere likes javier baez but especially the al central they they have problems and they don't like Torque either because they he destroyed Joe Maurer's <laughs> plaque <laughs> out in left field. That was awesome. Oh, my gosh. I, I would like to see. It is kind of annoying sometimes that we're so inundated with Tiger's Twitter. I often sometimes want to, like, in the series that we're playing in, whatever. It would be, it would be way too much work and you'd have to unfollow people really quickly. But I want to follow the the opponent's beat writers because it'd be like listening to the opponent's broadcast. You know, like where like you're you're you get to see what annoys them and like what frustrates them. And like they know the same things happening on the Tiger side, too. But it would be fun just to just to see the wrath of of someone like, you know, Minnesota's ex beat writer who's annoyed that Spencer Torkelson broke Joe Mauer's <laughs> plaque. I don't know. I That was a fun series, though. We there was a lot of there was a lot of good to come out of that. Did you see, did you see anything specifically out of that series that you want to talk about?
1: new just the team hitting and really quick to go back a touch on atlanta as well even in the games that we lost against atlanta we scored a ton of runs i think there for a stretch we had like five game five out of six games where we scored at least seven runs and we lost a couple of those games against the braves but it's the way you lose the games I think think is really important. And this team is now losing games where it feels like we're competitive, where we can score some runs and come back. Uh, and that's that's huge because it feels like that even in a game where you lose like that, it feels like you had a shot and you can take something into the next day where you're not just demoralized. It's super important for this young team to be playing like that. And I think that's why they were able to take such a positive approach uh, attitude into the minnesota series and for what it's worth i never really hated joe mauer when he played for minnesota i always thought he was a decent guy a, a, a respectful player in, in all rights but that was so funny and then for them to boo him when he came up to bat the next time and he drilled a home run He drilled a homer <laughs> dude uh, when torque is hitting the ball like he is now and hopefully this will stay around he is so much fun to watch his swing plays so well he's
0: making me look bad he's making me look bad and that's the goal that's the goal if i look like a fool when i'm talking about spencer torkelson i'm okay with it because again as we always say i want to be wrong about spencer torkelson um i i definitely i'm you know is what it is i doubled down last week and said that the Tigers should keep him but they should probably make a maybe a diligent choice to to send him down. This week is I mean, there's no reason to send. I mean, he's he's been a catalyst in the offense. He hasn't been the entire offense, but he's at least been at the plate a uh, formidable option. And 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 again, when he comes to the plate, it, it feels like things are gonna get done. Um I also didn't shout out enough to how steady he is at first base. I know we were talking a little bit about this off air too, but um there there is definitely uh, argument to be made that Javi Baez should have at least five more errors than he does currently, and it's all because of Spencer Torkelson and, and his picking ability at first base. Um, mind you, this is the same Spencer Torkelson they tried to make a third baseman when they acquired him into the organization from the draft, and so I and I mean I'm not I'm not saying that like sarcastically. I'm simply saying like maybe that actually did help his like fielding acumen. Who knows? Um, but I, I think that probably wasn't the best option for him long-term, but his fielding is pretty great. I mean, he is super steady, even when he's not hitting, that is one sign of a competent big league ball player is one that doesn't let one side of the game get to them, you know, mentally where he can still go make an important play defensively, even if he's not hitting. And for the record, I don't, ever think he's going to be a 270 hitter if he turns out to be great that's awesome but I just I want to see more power out of him we have the 270 hitter we have the 300 hitter in Riley Green and we we just need someone to get him home you know what I mean we just need someone behind him to get him home now I will I am going to take credit for this major reshuffling of the order of the lineup from from AJ he did move Javi down and that has been very important Hobby's come up very big, especially in that Minnesota series, and he moved Torque up, which I, I, you know, you had to do something with Torque, either move him up or move him down. But he's basically taken Riley's spot, and again, credit to Torque, credit to Torque for for really stepping up and and putting out what he needs to put out when when Riley Green's hurt like this. But I don't know, man, Kerry Carpenter, he's just doing it right now. He's just, he's doing it. You mentioned all the stats. I I don't know if it's, he knows that this team needed it in the worst way after Riley, but like when he hit that home run tonight, the first person to greet him in the dugout was Riley Green. And I was like, man, that's, that's so cool. It's also sad because, you know, you wish that Carrie one of the people he was hitting in was Riley, but it shows that this team is a little bit deeper than than a lot of people think and and you know what whatever it may be if it's him truly thinking that i need to put this team on my shoulders or it's just him being a really really good baseball player um he's doing it right now for the tigers where you know a lot of people like mckinstry like maton you know they're they're slumping and and he needs to put the team on his back uh another player that i'm going to give you the floor on matt veerling Matt Vierling had a big game in the Minnesota series. What do we see out of him? Uh,
1: he's another one of those guys. He came back uh, pretty pretty soon after Carey did, and he's he seems to be a part of this resurgence offensively that the team has had. It's so fun to. I do have concerns about him, and I didn't want to mention it too. All of his metrics on speed grade out really high, but yet he really struggles to steal bases. I. I think he's had one successful base stolen this year, and he's been caught a ton. I think he's been caught like seven or eight times. So that was. It just goes to show that it's not all speed. You know, it is mostly, there's a lot of
0: timing to it. You know, like it's not just like, oh, you're fast. You can, you can steal bases. But I, yeah, I agree with you. I see what you're saying. He's not Badoo on the bases. Yeah. But that whole, that two home run game, though, that two home run game, that's the kind of power we need to see out of, out of like people who we don't necessarily expect. To uh, to see the power out of. Do you think he's going to get in the All Star game after this uh, <laughs> after this whole kind of was is it this? Is this like California that like started this whole thing where they they just like randomly picked a person
1: who was not The it? Oakland A's, a uh, uh, an account on Twitter is is lobbying for the most random player they could find to make the All Star game, and they picked Matt Vierling somehow. I don't understand the whole story. It's kind of funny. I mean, I would love to see Matt Vierling in the All Star game. I just would not want it over a more deserving candidate on the Tigers. And, and keep in mind, we are talking about the organization that had Gregory Soto as our all-star for the last two years. Hey, you back
0: off right there. Calm, calm down right there.
1: I mean, I don't know, dude. Last seven games, Matt Verling's hitting three seventy five with three home runs. So, I don't know. He got hot. He did. Uh, We could talk about all-star game and who we think our all-star representative should be, but. I mean, Verli might be hurt for the All Star game. So he is. He is. He is down with some back spasms. Are we, are we concerned about that? Uh,
0: I mean, it's definitely one of those injuries that's like nagging. You know what I mean? Like, like you see an injury like I mean, you know, something as fickle as like a finger or or you know the, the thing that's keeping Fayedo down right now, a fingernail. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like these small little things that are not like diagnosable and like very hard to treat. They're just like, oh yeah, just spend some time off the field okay but what is that really gonna accomplish you know I mean it's just gonna spaz up again so there might be some things I think you know with the Tigers being 31 and 40 and you know really trying to get back to 500 whether they do it or not who knows but I think these are just things you play through and and I think AJ is is monitoring it um he mentioned today that if he misses I think it's the next game in the series um that they had that they face a lefty yeah yeah Lynch um tomorrow if he can't play that game Hinch said that he he has cause for concern um so I mean well it's definitely something to monitor but it, it I mean it didn't matter tonight I mean our offense was dead you know like legitimately dead against um what's his face my, my Lyles. thank you Jeez, oh, I, I was thinking Lynch because I just read Lynch but no Lyles. um and then in the seventh inning, you know, just one little blooper hit from Miggy, and and things turn around. Speaking of Miggy, resurgence. The boy is hot. I mean, I don't know where it came from. I don't know what happened to him, but as soon as he saw Spencer Strider's hundred mile an hour fastball, his his entire world changed. Um, he, he was hitting a little bit even before that too, but like that was his first home run of the year. He turned around hundred miles an hour. Um, which I mean, you can make a comment about, Oh yeah, he's supplying all the power. Spencer Strider. That is, he's supplying all the power for Mickey, but you've still got to turn around on it. You know, you got to time that up and that's been the knock against Mickey for the last two or three years. He, he can't turn around a fastball. Well, his timing is there. And he made some comments the other day to reporters, um that that his timing is back whatever that means to miggy and he said that was the that was the thing that was missing do you think this is staying power for miggy
1: i am the eternal optimist and i would love to sit here and tell you that i think miggy is going to hit over 300 for the rest of the year i just don't see it like not even necessarily because i think he's old but just we even saw it tonight in a couple of his, in one of his swings tonight, where he hit the ball and it looked like he thought it was gonna go out, and it just died. I just don't know whether he has the power anymore to to do things power wise. He's always gonna get hits. He's always gonna get hits. it's at what rate he gets these hits, and to be honest, I don't know. I don't know. It's an interest. It'll be an interesting case study. I mean, last year it was it was Pujols hitting a bunch of homers. Is this year it's just Mickey? Is he gonna somehow find his way into the top, you know, fifteen of hits all time because he goes on a tear? It's, it's,
0: I was gonna mention that too. I mean, he so the next person up is is Alex Rodriguez and he's like thirty some odd hits above. Uh, he like, just he, passed. Like, there him is rod. quite a gap.
1: I think I what? think Tony Quinn really? is no no, no he Tony Gwynn no. is next.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Yeah, yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. Yes. Tony Gwynn is next, but that gap is still there. Right, so it's right, like right. it's like 30 some odd hits um where where he has to make up. So that yeah, I mean that that might happen, might not happen for a while. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, I mean, yeah, we don't need power out of him necessarily. I mean, especially when we have Carrie Carpenter from the left side doing things and Torque hits his every once in a while. But like if we can get base hits out of him and he's not like an immediate double play like he sometimes can be, that's benefits. I mean, we, we look at the lineup and we're like, okay, there's legitimately three people we can count on to, to come up in a big spot. And then, you know, when there's people that are getting on base and and doing things, it's like, okay, well, I, I, I feel better about that. Miggy's spot has not been a place where it's like, yeah, that's a hit. It's been like, oh, that's pop out or, oh, that's a ground out or whatever. But I mean, AJ's, AJ's meeting him there too, where, you know, he's, played quite a bit over the last week and a half. And, I mean, say what you will about being a DH, you know, an eternal DH at this point, um, but it can't be fun for the guy, for someone who loves baseball. You know, he, he just loves playing the game of baseball. And yes, I mean, he has the knee situation and he, he's not healthy at all. And that's really all he can do is DH. But he's talked at nauseam about how he absolutely hates being the guy just sitting on the bench, and it must be even harder when he was playing a third of the games. But, like AJ says, you earn your playing time. And, and, and we're in a situation where, you know, there are guys knocking at the door that, that deserve those at-bats too. So it's really cool for me to step up and, and, again, earn that playing time. And I think it's just fun for him to be in the lineup. You know, I think we never want a situation where we have to make an awkward move maybe preemptively where, you know, we don't want this relationship with Miggy to end. In fact, I would I would love a Tigers organization where he is the first hire we make after he retires. I, I think that that would be a healthy place for, for Miggy to end up. He gets inducted to the Hall of Fame with his over 300 batting average career, 500, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, and he's also a special advisor to Scott Harris. I think that's like...
1: Prime positioning. Do you think I'm out of line on that? No, no, I absolutely not. It, and that's something that I think is really cool, and it's something that we're not going to be able to say, most likely, about a lot of the great Tigers that we've seen in the recent decades. Say what you will, I think JV is going to end up wearing an Astros hat in the hall. Say what you will. Max Scherzer will probably wear a, a Nationals hat into the hall. Miggy... I think we can say with probably 98 to 99% certainty, will be a Detroit Tiger in the Hall of Fame. He'll be wearing a Tiger's hat and he'll have that big, dumb grin on his face, and it's going to be amazing. I hope they can keep that spark around this team because I think it's something that's very intangible that you can point to that has kept the team afloat in the last couple of years. Something that you've always been able to at least look and be like, you know. We may be awful right now, but at least Miggy's having a little bit of a good time. At least he's he's creating some kind of atmosphere with the team, so it's cool. I'm I'm excited to see what he can do with this team in the future, and do with the front office, and whether he becomes like a special assistant to the hitting department, or 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 something of that nature. I think it would be it, very advantageous for the organization.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, imagine being a young player too, just getting to learn from someone like Miguel Cabrera. I mean, like that that clubhouse must thrive on that on that energy of you know, just people just must be chewing his ear off all the time and just you know, tell me something like what what is it that you see? Like, tell me like diet, you know, dissect my swing and, and tell me how to you know, beat you know, get more base hits or, or whatever it may be. But I think he's a legend, and it's really good to see him playing well. The best thing that you just said there was that neither Scherzer nor Verlander are going to go into the Hall of Fame with a Mets hat. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. It's really sad. and I shed a tear when you said the Astros thing for Verlander, but it's true. I mean, that, that I, I have reserved that as sad as it may be that that is going to be a fact. Um, he, he had his chance to come back. It didn't happen. Probably was too expensive. Probably way too expensive. Um. But as long as they don't go into the hall with Matt's hats, that's all that matters. <laughs> there were surprisingly some acquisitions this week, Josh. I'm going to let you take it away on the acquisition
1: front. Who do, we, uh, who do we have in the minors to bolster our pitching department? Yeah, it looks like Scott, last two, three days, has gotten busy trying to find us some bullpen depth. Uh, first of all, he got uh, Blair Calvo. A uh, right-handed pitcher from Colorado, he got him for cash to make room. Braden Bristow was DFA'd. Uh, Blair Calvo, I just have some of his overarching numbers. Uh, it still has uh, rookie eligibility this year. Uh, got him from Colorado. Uh, he has pitched in one game in one inning for the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I don't have his minor league numbers up here, uh, but he's twenty-seven. Seems like a guy that maybe try to get some innings out of him out of the bullpen, see what he can do in AAA, see if he can push the team to call him up. I mean, it's a it's a low-risk, high-reward kind of a move, something we've seen Scott do multiple times now. Uh, the real interesting piece that we...
0: Real, real quick, real quick, before you move on to yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. I just wanted to say that I saw this dude slider slash sweeper, whatever, whatever he's going to call it. I haven't seen, like, the... the actual like depth of it versus the horizontal movement of it but there was a video real quick on twitter of of some of the stuff that he was featuring looks real nice looks looks real nice if if fetter i mean again you know you just get fetters hands on these people you get the pitching organization or the pitching department's hands on these people and i mean we have a brendan white you know i mean where where we kind of mold them into something that that can be helpful and i liked what i saw at a stuff okay that's all i did
1: nice and then we've got uh Anthony Miskowitz, I think is how we're saying it. Let me see. Let me consult my baseball reference page. Make sure. Misevich. Misevich. Mm, see that, that do we think he's Russian? Do we think like, what, what do we think that is? Uh what he's definitely has some Eastern European in him. Uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the C Z is
0: what gets mm-hmm, you, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh They picked him up from Arizona on waivers to make room for him. Seth Elledge was DFA'd. Uh, Fun fact about our good friend, Anthony Misiewicz. Uh, He was drafted by the Seattle Mariners in the 18th round of the 2015 June Amateur Draft from Michigan State University. He went to high school in Fairhaven, Michigan, and went, obviously, to college at Michigan State. So, native Michigander. Wow. Native Michigander. Like he's twenty-eight. Uh he's had some uh some mixed results in the majors. He's bounced around a little bit. He's been with Seattle, Arizona, and the Royals briefly as well. Um looks like for the most part they're using him as a bullpen arm. He's had, like I said, some mixed mixed success. Uh Last year with Kansas City was probably his best year in some limited action. Ended up with a one on plus. ERA+. Uh, he also had some decent run with the Mariners in the 2020 year. But obviously that doesn't really count because we don't count 2020 anything here in this podcast. But interesting arm again. Except for Jamer Candelario's here.
0: <clears throat> Sorry, what? Sorry, I didn't say anything. What was that? I said, uh, Jamer Candelario's year, in case anyone didn't hear me. 2020, pretty good year for him. Sorry, but.
1: You done. You are done. We're talking about Anthony Misowitz. <laughs> I mean, 2021
0: here. was, it's, it's 2021 it was pretty good
1: too. I'm excited about another native Michigander being on this team and hopefully being able to contribute at some point. Uh, I again have no, uh, Intimate information about his arsenal or how how he looks. He's a lefty. Um, we're gonna need a little more lefty help. I know Tyler Holton's really holding it down right now. And, and I, sure I'm glad was. you
0: mentioned Tyler Holton. I'm really glad because I was I was gonna say something. Who was our last waiver pick from Arizona? It's Tyler Holton, and he's Tyler Holton. Now he has worked out quite well. Um, we we have some comments uh, part of part of uh, Scott Harris's presser people asked about the bullpen bullpen games and he had some interesting quotes about it um but tyler has held his own and he's been um, one of the most valuable pieces out of that bullpen and way more dependable than tyler alexander's been and so i don't know what tyler holton's nickname is but can he be the first to take the swiss army knife out of tyler alexander's nickname maybe we can petition for that because I, I trust I trust Tyler Holden with with the world at the moment.
1: Yeah, dude, uh, 209 think, ERA in thirty eight innings. That's that's some value coming from Scott. Huge it's, value,
0: especially when the when the op, other option was Chafin, who signed like an eight million dollar eight million dollar contract. Like, geez, if I could say that correctly, eight million dollar contract. I don't know what he actually signed. I think it was quite a bit of money, but like Holden's on a rookie. Think rookie deal right now exactly right he's making minimal dollars versus versus what the alternative was which was chafing so huge value this is what this is what Scott loves to do he loves the roster turn. I mean really quicks the guys sidebar? that he d- yeah
1: his name is Weston
0: he just goes by Anthony
1: no no wait, no, no Tyler Holton Tyler Holton his first name is oh. Weston Weston Tyler Holton interesting fun fact for you
0: I You know, it's funny that you say that. I was thinking about the other day. Like, it's funny how players like it's not like a legality thing. Like they can just decide like Nick Castellanos did this a while ago where he wanted to go by and I might get this reversed. So I apologize. But was it that he wanted to go by Nick Castellanos or he wanted to go by Nicholas Castellanos? And he, like, told the Reds organization, like, no, 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 you 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 told me you go by Nicholas Castellanos or whatever it was. But it's just it's so funny that they just get to pick, you know, like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, it's not Nick. Ma- it's not Nicholas Maton. It's Nick Maton. But his legal name is probably Nicholas. I don't know. It was just a weird observation. They should just they should just give up on Miguel Cabrera and just Miggy Cabrera. That's what I say. <laughs> that, but, that is no, something I feel like he be.
1: might have done in his younger years.
0: Not, not now,
1: not now. No, I think you know he's got kids, and he's a little more, little, little bit more reserved than his his much younger years. More
0: mature, more wise, as you might yeah. say. Yeah. Well, someone else who's quite wise in the Tigers organization. Oh, you like that segue? That's lovely. Sky Harris. Sky Harris finally decided after seventy games. 30 wins and 40 losses, decides to set away 15-ish minutes to the reporters and do a little presser. This was long overdue. This was long overdue, Scott. I know you're you got a lot of you'll get into it, but you got a lot of stuff on your plate. I get it. I really do. But bruh, let's let's have some transparency here. Okay. This year has not gone even how you thought it was gonna go. I think that's pretty obvious. And I think talking about it is going to do you a lot better in the long run rather therapeutic than just keep hiding behind. Yeah, maybe even therapeutic. So I think the best way to go through this is uh, we have a bunch of tweets. I'm going to just, I'm quoting Scott Harris. So I like, I mean, th- these are the beat writers, you know, credit to them for tweeting all this out, but I'm not going to like read who tweeted this, whatever, who cares. It's just Scott Harris' words um they did ask the questions though so thank you for asking the questions beat writers um and I think we're just gonna go topic by topic um and we'll kind of talk about in summation um as he kind of changes topics throughout because he he discussed a lot it was it was quite a bit of 15 minutes 15 minutes well spent as you could say so I think a good place to start is how he opened about the Tigers general direction this year so Quote, there's going to be plenty of time next month to look up, see the forest, and determine our path forward. We're not really ready, and we think it's a little premature to commit to something right now. End quote. My guess is someone alluded in the question to something about the trade deadline. So I think that's important context. I think he was alluding to what this next month looks like because the trade deadline is quickly approaching Continuing on, there was a lot of talk about his GM situation. So he we all know that he's, of course, president of Baseball operations. He's not the general manager of the Tigers. He's the president of Baseball operations. but he said when he was hired that he intends to segment his roles and actually hire a proper general manager. Um, this has apparently been put on hold. Scott Harris said he still plans to hire a GM at some unknown point in the future, However, he's putting this plan on hold quote we still intend to hire a gm i think i will pick that back up when things slow down but i'm not actively working on it end quote about this couple of things josh um and in you know probably not too much to talk about with the whole gm thing because you know maybe we need one maybe we don't that that's up for you to decide or maybe him to decide but what do we think about the overall tigers direction i think he's specifically talking about this year up until the trade deadline what he's going to decide to do with our assets that could be wanted assets.
1: What do we think about what he had to say? You know, I don't hate his comments on this specifically. It's, it's something that it's important to put into context because the whole landscape of baseball could shift in the next month here. And we could be talking about something totally different. We could talk about, be talking about a bunch of teams now selling that we think may be buying now. So, it's interesting for us fans and people that follow the team and, and even beat writers to have some opinions, have some ideas on who could get traded, who could get acquired, all of that stuff. But once it, you know, it real nothing is really set in stone until you get down to the last two three weeks before the trade deadline. So I don't really mind any of these comments. It makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, uh, important to keep in mind with where the MLB trade deadline sits, you know, we have a lot of things to overcome before we get there. Yes, we have a lot of games to play, and, and, you know, now a Tigers team that lost nine in a row, now we're talking about how they won four out of five. So, yes, the the demeanor on the team changes weekly, but I I bet a lot of his... Work right now is the draft. I mean, the draft comes up well before the trade deadline, and it, we were actually going to go into it tonight, um, and you know, for today's pod. Um, but we're actually going to get into it a little bit later once we get a little bit closer and, and we've had time for the college world series to, to play out a little bit more. Um, but and also this presser just takes up plenty of time. There are other things on his mind than just the trade deadline, he, he's probably anticipating people to call him and and that's kind of where you want to be as as a president of baseball operations who has assets that other teams may want you don't want to be making the calls if especially if you're thinking about selling that that's not a fun place to be you don't want to be trying to sell your players really which is kind of funny because you're selling but no you you want to try to get the best players back but you want your phone to ring first and, and so, you know, it, it's a much better place to be when you have assets that other people want rather than being like, eh, maybe, maybe we want to tack hobby onto this deal. Maybe like, what do we, what do we think guys? What, and okay, I'm sure I'm going to get some rage for that one. He's had a good week, but you know, maybe we should look at his contract and see what we should do with that. <laughs> Moving on. He had some more things to say about the current state of the Tigers pitching staff, Quote, we have seen, or rather, we have seven starting pitchers on the injured list right now. That's tough to overcome for any team, but it's not an excuse. It's just an observation. The blessing of all that, of course, he's going to get into positives here. The blessing of all that is that is given uh, more opportunities to some players who wouldn't necessarily have that opportunity if all our ta- talented starters were healthy right now. He mentions Joey Wentz and Reese Olson, obviously. He also said that he likes bullpen can- Oh actually we'll get into that in just a second. Wait, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna hold off on that <laughs> one. Um Joey Wenson and, and Reese Olson. I think I think more Reese Olson. Joey Wentz has has had a couple of good rebound games recently. Um but I do appreciate him not dwelling on the negative. Like, i it's a little bit of word salad, I understand, but he is right. I mean, Reese Olson's gone out there and shoved. And maybe he didn't have the greatest night tonight. He technically had a quality start. And so, acknowledge the good that's come of it. You know, like, we, we kind of survived. I mean, I know we're nine games below 500. We made a really bad stretch. But take that nine-game losing streak out, and we're right at 500. And so... I, I don't hate what he has to say here. I think while saying he's like, oh, it's just an observation, we have seven players, I think he's still like kind of using it as a front, where it's like, okay, let's all remember what we're doing here. We we have a lot of people on the injured list, can we just all settle down
1: on on the whole this team sucks kind of mantra? What do you take from that? Not yeah, much the same thing. Like, obviously you're not going to make excuses for your team because at the end of the day there are a lot of the games that we lost in that losing streak that we could have won if we had even played up to half the potential that we have um, especially offensively but pointing out the good and things you know it's kind of my thing and I'm on board I, I like this line from him as well where he he goes into the good in what has gone on because He's kind of right. I mean, if everything goes to plan with how Al Avila foresaw life going, we don't see Reese Olsen, at least in this capacity this year. Joey Wentz is probably coming out of the bullpen. We're not even worried about Fiedo and about uh Brisky. We're not even worried about it. They probably haven't even pitched in the big leagues yet or are just trying to break in now and they're doing well in AAA. So we've gotten to see a lot of what this organization has had to offer when it comes to prospects and things like that. And there's a lot of value to that. It it shows you what you have so you can either you know move on Keep 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 it moving. Get those spots to guys that actually you think have long term futures with the organization, or you can try to, to help develop and nurture those players further in their skills and their abilities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, I mean it, it does kind of call into question, like you know, okay, what's the depth beyond the depth? And so it just got me thinking. Did you see that uh, game that I think his name's O'Laughlin, right? That uh, the Australian pitcher. Um, that played in the world baseball classic. He was mm, Jack uh, White Cats.
1: They he, they promoted him to it's, Toledo from To Toledo. Right. From single A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't um, see He
0: actually he pitched super well. It, it's a Laughlin, right? I'm I'm not
1: I'm not completely
0: wrong on that name,
1: correct? I, I think that is his name. I'm not hundred mm-hmm. percent sure
0: though. Anyways, he had a great start for Toledo. So I mean like uh, this this organization has some depth, right? I mean, like, obviously there will always be the roster churn. Obviously there's always going to be people that are going to have to pick up the slack. Um, but for all intents and purposes, this should not have been stressed. This organization, this pitching staff should not have been stressed as much as it has been. And so he's he's bringing acknowledgement to that, that, hey, let you know, what what would happen if we actually had everyone who we needed to have um, in the starting rotation? I don't know. I mean, obviously... Matt Maynard is going to make a comeback here pretty soon. Your boy, Scooble, is going to make a comeback very soon. I hope the offense just decides to not die when when <laughs> they come. But we all know how that will probably go. Um, the bullpen games. The Tigers have had a lot of recent bullpen games. And mind you, they've not done bad in them. They have really... they have, The bullpen has held its own, and then the offense has picked them up where they needed to. And Harris had some thoughts on that. Um, He was speaking to reporters about um, the, he was asked the question about bullpen games Um, quote. I understand going into a series when you see a bullpen game, it seems like the team is conceding something, but we're not conceding anything end quote. And it was picked up that potentially, even when we're at full health, he might go full raise and initiate some bullpen games. Him and AJ might initiate some bullpen games just to give some guys some day off, uh, some days off um, that that might be feeling some fatigue, especially when you have younger arms that you know haven't done the whole thing of pitch this consistently for for this long of a season. What do we think about that? That's that's full raise. I mean, that's like I I like that as far as like okay, if it's this bullpen and and yeah, but historically, bullpen games are very negative. And you want to talk about something that doesn't sell tickets, it's a bullpen game.
1: I mean, it depends on whether the alternative is Joey Wentz. And no disrespect to Joey Wentz. He's had a couple of really nice starts recently. But, I mean, I don't foresee them, like, once a week doing this. Uh, I could see them going with an opener. I mean, Will Vest has looked really good in the first inning of a couple of games here. Even if it is for a guy like Joey Wentz. So, at the end of the day, it's about winning baseball games, and they're trying to find ways to win baseball games. I would prefer not to see a bullpen game as often as we've seen it recently, but if that's what your player uh, your player availability is and that's what you need to do to get through, then obviously I, it is what it is, but I'd prefer them not to deploy that too often, the, the bullpen game when this team is at full strength.
0: Yeah. And he had some things to say about one very injured player, Eduardo Rodriguez, who we are hoping some optimistic news here in 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 the short term. And I think this is pretty optimistic. So Scott Harris said he had talked to, uh, yeah, he had talked to Eduardo Rodriguez today and there will be news about his next step on tomorrow's medical report. So that will be when this podcast is already out. So I, the way he's saying that and the way he's talking about it, um, especially the way this, this quote reads, quote, the most important thing is that he feels great, he's itching to get back on the mound, and we're itching to get him back on the mound, end quote. My guess is these bullpens are going to quickly become a rehab start. Um, I think whether that's big news coming out of the medical report or not, um, he definitely wanted to keep that under, Scott is, he definitely wanted to keep that under wraps. And so... I think we might be seeing Erod sooner than we thought. What do we think about that?
1: I mean, ever since they they came out, where whatever second opinion he got was a better, uh, per, um, a, a better situation than we thought. I, I, Optimistic outlook. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like they were probably going to try to fast track him. I mean, obviously they need help with that but they're not going to try to rush him too hard and injure him. But It's exciting, man. Uh, I will believe it, and this is coming from a Tigers fan that's been hurt deeply by injuries in the last twenty-four months. I will believe it when I see a fully, or as full as can be, roster of of our first team guys. Of you know, when Riley Green's back, I will believe it. When Erod is back and pitching well, I will believe it. When you know whoever School Bowl brisky, the whole the whole gamut of guys. When they're back, I'll believe it. I'm excited to see the progress, but we've been burned in the past, and I'm not ready to pop the champagne on a fully healthy team yet.
0: Do you think he comes back and makes a push for the All-Star game? Because him and Riley are the, are the options. I don't know about Riley. He's playing catch. He's doing things, but Erod might be a chance. Do you think he comes back and tries to make a statement for the all-star
1: game? I definitely think he gives it a shot. It's going to really depend on what form he comes back into when he comes back from his injury. Uh, Hopefully this didn't derail his whole year because I really enjoyed watching him pitch in the last couple months before he got injured. So, I hope I hope, when he comes back, he can get back on track, get back into contention for the All-Star game, get back into contention on a lot of these uh, pitching statistics that we've seen and that we saw that he was a part of and he was on, on top five, top tens for a bunch of these things, especially ERA. Hopefully he can get back into that and have a successful rest of his year.
0: Now, maybe a pitcher we're a little bit more down on and uh, maybe some some more cause for concern on one Spencer Turnbull. Scott Harris had some comments on him. "Quote: Spencer is really talented. You guys have heard me talk about him on the record quite a bit already. We just need to get him healthy. We need to get him pitching so that he can, or so that we can see it. Beyond that, I really don't have any other information to share." End quote. Josh. I don't know if I need to do some reading between the lines here, but that doesn't sound very favorable to our friend Spencer Turnbull. That sounded very backhanded to me, especially the part where he's like, we need to get him pitching so that we can see it. This is a picture that, and I this is maybe an offhanded comment by Scott, but I, he is very, very diligent in, in what he says next. I mean, the dude, he's thinking about what he's saying. And when you say something like that, the dude pitched what? How many starts? 6, 7? I mean, he he was there, you know, like we we've seen him pitch. He had a Is he talking about the he talking about the future? Is he talking about the past? Is he saying that like we've never see, like what what do we think he's saying about Spencer Turnbull here?
1: There's definitely a lot of word salad in that quote. There's a lot of very wordy things. I don't know, dude. That whole situation it, the amount of players that we're in such limbo on, whether it's injuries or what have you, in the last two years, has been incredible. I've never—it's not a good place to I've be. I've never place. had heard of something like this happening, multiple times to an organization where you're you're in such limbo for off the field issues on players. I don't know, and and I think for, we forgot to talk
0: about too. It, Turnbull's on the sixty day IL now.
1: I mean, yeah, but like it would take him the rest of that sixty days to get through a rehab and get back on a rehab assignment and get. He went for neck spasms
0: or neck soreness. It wasn't even spasms. He was just having a sore neck, like you wake up with a kink in your neck and you work it out the next day. This, like, I I truly think that something went down. Like, this is conspiracy theory put your tinfoil caps on whatever but i don't think the spencer turnbull and the tigers are in a good place right now and i i do not suspect to see whenever his contract i think we we decide that's 2026 or whatever but much more soon much sooner than we thought or maybe after 2025 i forget but i do not expect him to to this this is a this is a bridge that i do not expect to be crossed and 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 to be built um this has this has created a chasm between <laughs> I hate to say it, Scott Boris and and the Tigers organization, and especially with his client Spencer Turnbull. And I don't think they're overcoming this one because there, there, there is there's so much that we don't know. But there's so much that neither side's saying that it's like, yeah, no, something something happened here that neither side liked and appreciated. And so here we go. Now he's on the 60 IL, and like what you said, he's in complete limbo. We have no idea what the status of Spence Turnbull is. And it's sad because, I mean, he's the Tiger's last no-hitter. He is the Tiger. He threw the last Tiger's no-hitter. It was on my birthday, or it was May 18th. So I mean, but but the game again went went into the the wee hours of the early morning. So you you could say it was completed on the 19th. But
1: like, do we think that's a moment? Do we think that's maybe why? I mean, this is also me being a little tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist. And t- to be clear to everybody, real quick, we have no inside information. We don't really know what's going on. This is us guessing and. I have a gut feeling, though. Right.
0: Typically, my gut feelings are pretty darn good. I'm not going to lie.
1: Um, do we think that maybe that was why he had such a big issue with the the demotion, if that's the case, is that he feels mm, like he— no-hitter. Well, I mean, even that, but just like how long he's been a part of the organization and what, what he's been able to do in the organization and how well he's started to pitch before the injury and— I mean, I could see a world where he says, I deserve a little it, more of a run than yeah. than what I've been given.
0: It seems a little inconsistent too, because just to appeal to the to the turnbull side of it just real quickly, I mean and and to be fair, Wentz wasn't pitching he hadn't had his really bad stretch to get his ERA into the sevens. But if I was Spencer Turnbull, I'd be like, Look at Joey Wentz. Why was I the choice to send down? What like Someone who has been here before, done it, threw a flippin' no hitter for your organization. And yeah, I mean, clearly I'm trying to work things out, and maybe I do have some soreness or whatever. Like whatever your statement you're trying to make, I don't think I'm the guy that you're that you're gonna send down. Oh, and then they send him down. So it's just it it seems like for sure he he might have some a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I mean, is that so wrong of him? I mean, to to his Point, he's done some things for his organization. Has he won us a World Series? Heck no. Has he pitched 200 complete innings in a season? No. No, he's not. He's He's been hurt quite a bit.
1: I what I do know, tend to fall on the Scott Harris side of this because, dude, in order for you to show me that you deserve to be on the Major League roster, no matter where it is or in what capacity it is, you have to pitch somewhere and you have to pitch well. He's doing neither one of those things by sitting on the IL pouting, if that's the case.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily know whose side I fall on. I would like to know more about that phone call conversation between him and Scott Boris. And then also that room conversation between him and Scott Harris and maybe AJ was part of it too. I can't remember, but whatever hotel conversation I was, I, I would like to know more, you know what I mean? Like before I could make a decision whose side I fall on, but I do know that as a player, you're going to look at other players around you and be like, well,
1: this guy in the room didn't
0: do too great. This guy in the room didn't do too great. Why Why is it me? Like, and, and, and here's the thing. When you have that kind of attitude, kind of see through it. I don't think AJ likes that. I really don't. I, I think there's probably an attitude problem with, with one Spencer Turnbull. And so, you know, he's the choice. On to moving... <laughs> Mountains with Nick Maton, um, someone, someone who is also slumping quite a bit, but someone that the Tigers are sticking with, AJ is sticking with, and has defended time and time again, and Scott Harris had some thoughts on him. Quote, he is adjusting back to what the league is doing to him. There are some nights where you can see a lot of progress, and there are some nights where it's difficult for him. He's still a young hitter and still doesn't have quite the body of work at this level to suggest that he's going to be as consistent of a performer as we think he's going to be in the future. As long as the work looks good, and as long as he continues to show some of those adjustments at the plate, we're going to give him some runway." End quote. Wow. That, that's not only word salad, that's like, hey, I traded for this guy. I went to the mat for this guy.
1: I'm sticking with him.
0: What do you see out of that?
1: We've seen Scott Harris have some favorites. And maybe favorites is too strong of a word in this situation. But guys, that he's single.
0: No, Nick Mayton is his favorite. No, no, no. Nick Maytown is his favorite. That is
1: a perfect word for it. We've seen guys where he's he is definitely singled out as guys that he really, really believes in and thinks that there's something there. You look at a guy like Zach McKinstry. You look at a guy like Zach Short. You look at, obviously, Nick Maton. He, I, honestly, even a guy like Joey Wentz, he's getting a lot of the same treatment here of we're going to give him every opportunity even if he's failing pretty badly. So... It's just another one of those guys where he really thinks that there's something there and there's something there long term where it's going to turn into something. And maybe he, like you, thinks his gut feeling is pretty good.
0: I think it's important to mention too. just credit to Nick Mayton. There are things that we do not see on the on the television screen or even when you go to America, there are countless workouts there are countless bp sessions there are countless conversations with coaches it very much is a learning process here in the majors i don't think it typically lasts this long and and i do think that they've given him quite a leash and if it wasn't quote unquote scott's favorite or one of scott's favorites um, he would already be in the minors, but there is, like we talked about many times with Nick Mayton, there's this X factor that he brings with the whole Wolfie persona, that he he is a very, very, very good cheerleader for this team, and he can provide some pop. I mean, he's still in the top of this team, near the top of the team, he doesn't hold it anymore, but of home runs, I mean, he he's come up clutch in important roles, and He's doing some swing adjustments. He has completely retooled his swing and that's very positive. and I'm really hoping that that makes a change for him. He smoked a ball tonight to left field. Um, it deserved to be in left field, but it got caught by it was <laughs> new, new term, it was shade. It was it was shaded. No, no longer shifted. They were shaded over to <laughs> over to the right. Um, but still the third baseman was able to to make a pretty good play. But he, he smoked that ball. And if he can start going the opposite way and, and with some authority and getting, you know, maybe even some hits that he doesn't deserve. You know, I think we saw him hit a little pop-up the other day. Or maybe that was McKinstry. I, I forget who it was. It was one of those two because they're both slumping right now. But, you know, if he can start getting just those little bloopers that, that just give him some confidence. That's what this game takes. And, you know, we— player and player and player time and time again, they'll tell you that this, the major league level, it's just that confidence factor. It's all the mental game you play with yourself. And Maton just needs to believe that he belongs here. Um, I think a lot of help from Scott Harris with, you know, the words he says and a, a lot of good faith from AJ Hinch go a long way, but at some point you got to start producing and, I don't know how long a sub-200 hitter can last on this team, but if it was the Dodgers, it would be one thing. If it was the Yankees, it'd be one thing, right? And maybe that's not the best example because I saw that Josh Johnson has a 157 average. Josh Johnson has a 157 for the Yankees. Yeah, it's it's real bad. But it, it's just, it's the Tigers, you know, and 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 we're trying to figure out what we have and what core, what kind of nucleus we have in this position players and if it takes him a little bit more time than than everyone else, okay, so be it. Um, that's the appeal. On the other side, it's flipping frustrating to <laughs> to to watch him just not be as productive as Scott Harris thinks he could be, or AJ thinks he could be. It's like at some point we gotta we got to give other people a look. And when you have someone like and I know he's slowed down and cooled down, but when you when you have someone like Malloy down there, and you have someone like Colt Keith tearing up Double A, it's like, okay, what are what are we doing? What what is this guy showing us that that really is making the needle move? I don't know. I don't know if you I don't know if you think of something different for for Tom, but it, it it is sometimes frustrating to to keep on him waltzing up the plate, especially batting fifth, batting fifth, sixth. To, to put the guy in the nine hole. What are we doing?
1: <laughs> hey, case. I have to go move a vehicle for my family. I will be right back if we want to pause this real quick.
0: And we're back. You had to you had to do a little familial thing and then move a you, you were a great son and you had to you had to move a vehicle as things happen throughout our, our recording. So totally fine. Um picking back up where we left off, we were talking about Nick Maton. Where the heck maybe what the heck, not where the heck, what the heck should the Tigers do with
1: Nick Mayton? Man, I don't even know. It... <sighs> I love Nick Mayton and you even said it last week, and I completely agree. He is one of my favorite awful Tigers hitters that I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know, dude. You made a valid point right before we went on our little break. Why are we still batting him fifth, fourth, sixth in the order? What are, What are we thinking we're getting out of him there? I, I, I don't understand that part. I don't know why you're good not swings. throwing him. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's he's supposed to be good at bat, and there are sometimes I'm like, man, yeah, he's looking at a lot of pitches. And then sometimes like, oh, it's an 0-2 count against Maton. There it is. All right, cool. Sounds sounds solid. Uh, that that actually is sparked by my, my memory too, dude. There even in the Minnesota series, I and I mean, you can imagine if you've been watching this team as much as we watch it. They swing at the first pitch with runners on base, all of the time. And I, I like whatever they're scoring runs, but my goodness, like I've made I, I just so many arguments for this, and and I just want everyone to understand how much it hurts to see that. Just let the let the at bat develop, and and Nick Mayton might be one of the worst at that. Just like he's the last person I want to see with runners. In scoring position, it, it's it's now not Miggy. Miggy's on fire right now. And at one point in the year, it was like, oh, here's Miggy. All right, here we go. What's what's gonna happen? No, Nick Maton comes up and runners are on base. I'm like, oh, oh no. Can we can we get Carrie back? Where where's oh Carrie Kerry, carries carries on base? Okay, sounds good. So yeah, I I don't know. I I wonder how long they can keep on making concessions for him. But I understand it's a process. It it's the major leagues, but dude, figure it out. Some also, some just a little bit of information. Not not a lot, but just a little bit of information on one of our other marquee players from the last two years. Uh, Austin Meadows. Do you remember who that is?
1: Does that name ring a bell? It uh, doesn't. Isn't that uh, uh, the other Meadows? No, brother? Not to be con- That's his brother, yeah. right?
0: It's yeah, exactly right. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. So Parker Meadows. Yeah. Yeah. So Parker Meadows brother is actually a Detroit Tiger. His name is Austin Meadows. And he actually was traded from the Tampa Bay Rays. Isak Paredes, who is actually a pretty good player for the Rays, wasn't very good for the Tigers. But uh, yes, yes, you, you may have forgotten that Austin Meadows, the brother of Parker Meadows is a Detroit Tiger. Uh, "Quote: He is working through treatment. He's also working out. He and he is very healthy. Oh, sorry, he's in a very healthy environment for him. We're keeping tabs on him. We're rooting like hell for him. That's about all I can share right now." End quote. In all due respect, hundred percent. Austin, get healthy. We would very much like to see you in a Tigers uniform. But let's let us but let us just let's let's go like let's let's do it or let's not do it and let's decide probably I, I'm giving you this here I'm giving you this here and and if we have to pay you a sizable amount of money then that's not fair that's just not fair that's not the way business works so you figure it out I'm giving you till I guess at this point September 31st or you know whatever whatever you know because there's some games in September it, it, that is your deadline to, to, to figure it out. I'm very excited that you're a Tiger. Everyone's very excited you're a Tiger. It's Austin Meadows, quite arguably behind Miggy, the the biggest name that we have on this team. And we were very excited, very excited when we acquired him because he was, he was going to make up for Riley Green being hurt last year. And none of it came true. And he even hit kind of well. I mean, a lot of them were bloopers and stuff, but the fact that we're... Monday, June 19th, 2023, and we're still no closer to any kind of conclusion with this saga is a little crazy. Just a little crazy. But I've said my piece. Do you have anything more to mention on Austin Meadows?
1: I would like to talk about players that are on the Detroit Tigers.
0: That is all. That's That's all I have to say. Let's end with some optimism. Your, your guy, your guy was finally talked about. Colt Keith, he lives, he lives. We had a little scare, had a little scare where he took a couple days off in, in A Erie. Some soreness, whatever, whatever that means. But we got him back. He's there, he's hitting again, I think in his first plate appearance back, or at least his first game back, he hit another home run, I think he's up to like 15 home runs now. Dude is demolishing A. So, a lot of people are like, why? And, and us included, you know, what are we doing down in Double A still? What are we doing? Well, Scott was asked. Quote, Colt has been really, really fun to watch all year. In many ways, he embodies the offensive approach we're trying to build around in this organization. If you don't catch yourself, it's easy to forget that he is the youngest player on that team. End quote. Josh,
1: why is Colt Keith not a Toledo Mudhead? First of all, I would like to point out, we have a little bit of reasoning to be a little paranoid when somebody says they're... Taking a couple days off because of arm fatigue or injury concerns. We've been scarred here. We, we have the right to be a little bit, you know, panicked when something like that happens. So get that out of the way, first of all. Second of all, you're
0: saying the medical team has the right to, you know, kind of like put a stop to it. You're saying like take some time, take all the time he needs. Is that what you're saying?
1: No, as Tigers fans, we have the right oh. to panic about things when it comes to injuries with ah, this organization. Got it.
0: Got it. Yes. Yes. Panic mode initiated. Yep.
1: Uh, Colt Keith has offensively nothing left to prove at AAA. He, he owns AAA pitching currently. I don't really care that he's the youngest player on the Toledo or the, the, um, e-receivals Wow, that was Mm -hmm. rough. Oh
0: yeah, I I was there for you. I was there for you.
1: Um, I don't really care. It is about performance, and it is about whether you can do the job or not when you get to the big leagues. Can he hit big league pitching? Everyone says that double A pitching is far tougher comparatively than Mm triple A pitching. Triple Mm A. So, what's the harm? Show a little bit of faith in your guy. Show the fan base you're trying to move this team forward. Show everyone that you are really going for it. You even said in your quote that he embodies the offensive approach that we're trying to build. If he's doing all of these things, why not reward that work that he's put in and this jump that he's made? He, I, I, he's going to be in a Tigers uniform before the end of the year. And that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is holding back because of his defense.
0: Mm, Now I'm glad you said that. Glad you said that because carried on. I don't necessarily have a quote for this one until the very end, but in general summation of what he had left to say about Colt Keith. Scott Harris said he sees the speculation about promotions for Colt Keith, said the player development goals are to see different types of pitching, comma, refine defense at third base and second base, comma, and make up for lost reps last year. Quote, if he continues to do that, he's going to be just fine. End quote. Now important context to add to this too, not necessarily talking about Colt Keith specifically, but he was asked, okay, so how do you feel about people jumping AAA? How do we feel about people just skipping AAA entirely? He wouldn't be completely ruling out a player jumping from A to the big leagues, but he would much prefer that player gets reps in AAA. So let's put to bed the idea that Cole Keith is going to come straight to the majors as much as we think he should and, like, Exactly what you were talking about, right? Like, what does he have left to prove? I mean, you know, whether it's better pitching or not than AAA, it sucks that, like, we're stuck in the mud of a lot of these different, his, you know, historical and just the way things have been done for centuries. It'd be really cool. It'd be really hype for someone like Colt Keith to to get the promotion. And, and I I would like to take you up on that bet that he will not be in a Tigers uniform this year. I don't think he will be. As much as I hate to say it, and I think he deserves it, let's 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 just, let's be clear. I, I think that they are going to have him spend his time in Toledo whenever that happens, I hope within the next month or whatever. But I, I do not think he is a September call-up. I think at best, at this point, with how long they've waited on Malloy, Malloy is like a September call-up, but we also have to remember too, like, it's not the forty people that used to get to be on the roster in September. You only get two. And unless they get off the horse about Nick Maton, I don't think Colt Keith fits in that equation before Malloy. And so I don't know, I'd take you up on that. I, I would say that Colt Keith is not going to be a tiger in twenty twenty three. Do you
1: think I'm crazy? No, I wouldn't say you're crazy. I think it's a it's a an opinion thing where I I could be talked into either way. To be honest with you, you could probably talk me out of him, him being in a Tigers uniform this year, or you could talk me into it. But I tend to lean towards he will be. I just with the way this team gets injured, I just. We're going to come to a point where we're playing more outfielders in the infielders at. Wow. More outfielders in the infield than infielders in the outfield, which is what we're currently doing. It just it's just how it works for this team. And
0: I don't. Yeah, I, I
1: hear you on that. I don't think
0: that Harris's answer to injuries, and I think he's proven it time and time, time again, is the depth in the organization. I think he goes outside the organization to like Jake Marisnyk, uh, Andy Abanez. I mean, like he, he's going to look at players that are outside of the organization to to try and fill those holes before he tries to fast track anyone, even even on the injury front too. Reese Olsen. Um, fair. That's that's fair. I think the pitching was way more in a detrimental spot than any position situation is. I mean, yes, if if Nick Maton breaks his leg, and then also somehow McKinstry falls off a cliff, and I'm just I'm I'm speaking these things into existence. It's gonna happen if I keep on going down that road. But my point is, is I think that pitching is a little bit different than position players. They're not gonna rush these bats. The, the like the, and especially the only bat we have. <laughs> that, that that's like doing a lot of things and, and really turning heads um
1: what's the harm in i think you,
0: him to triple a though no i i agree with you on that 100 percent agree with you on that there, there is zero harm in that and you just test the guy he might not have success and i mean if you're okay with a nick baton batting sub 200 in the majors you're gonna be okay with a colt keith batting sub 200 in the in triple a like who who is that hurting no one no one it's not hurting anyone Except for maybe the toledo ends, But, I mean, we all know why single-A, double-A, triple-A exists. It's to groom these players into big lead talent. You're not really there to win a national championship on the triple-A level. As much as you hate to say it, no, like, okay, cool, awesome. But let's make these guys big leaguers. We were going to do the roster and continue the roster game. We're going to definitely punt that again into... into probably next week unless Scott Harris decides to sit down with the media again. But we have more baseball games this week, Josh. Mm-hmm. Who are we looking at for this week
1: of baseball games? We get two more games against our friends, the Kansas City Royals, who put a scare into us tonight with, you know, their Cy Young level pitcher who hasn't won a game since April. Uh, we won the game. We won the game. We, we, we the did win the game. We, won the game. we did win the game. Thank you, Kerry. Uh, yeah, we got two more against them. Uh, I think if we don't win, well, we clearly need to win the series. I think if we don't sweep, I think it's a pretty big disappointment with how Kansas City's playing. Uh, they are they are fighting the A's for the worst record in the league right now. So I think we need to win these next two and then we get three more for this weekend against uh our friends the twins back-to-back weekends against them uh, again it's going to be huge for uh the division implications and we've shown that we can beat them they're not they're not great we can we can say that pretty confidently so i think uh if you had to pin me down to on, on a prediction for the rest of this week in the five games that we have left i say we go four and one with one loss against the twins. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. That's
0: that's right where I was going to be too. Mm-hmm. I, I would say if we lose more than 2 games this week we are in a bad spot.
1: Ooh, I don't I don't know about bad spot. I think we're a little disappointed. I think we're now bad. Oh, I think we're now bad.
0: bad. It depends on where those No, like, two I mean like come. the I mean yeah like okay this team isn't going to win the world series anyway so it doesn't matter but my point is like we 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 are emotionally distraught I would say we are we are in a bad place these these teams as we learned against Minnesota like they're they're not as good as their record even says and they're just winning the division by default because the AL Central is is not good I will say it's a little scary that they can get revenge that quickly they're going to remember they're going to remember um and they they can do just exactly what we did to them in minnesota and now they can pay us the favor in detroit so i would say if we lose more than two games i'm going to come on this pod next week and be very very sad
1: all i'm saying is if the twins don't have a great rest of their series against the red sox and the tigers have a good rest of our series against the royals this weekend will be for the series for for the for the division lead that's just how the numbers work out. We're only four back now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, obviously, it's going to be dependent on what Cleveland does as well, since they are. That's kind of
0: crazy because we're still in fourth, aren't we? No,
1: we're in third now. Chicago's on a oh, two-game no, we're in losing third. streak. Okay.
0: Oh man, just I just love that. I love hearing that. That is so exciting. Yeah, look at us. Yep, third. <laughs> That's exciting. Um how many bullpen games do we think we're gonna
1: have? <laughs> uh it depends on what pitchers we get back uh coming in i mean i think it's also going to depend on if either uh calvo or Misiewicz get called up cuz i think mm-hmm. if you have those mm-hmm. fresh arms in your pen you're more likely to try starters cuz then you'll have the the fresh arms for backup Hopefully, that's how I would run it. But clearly, AJ is has a direct line to Kevin Cash down in Tampa. So, uh, I'm going to guess one <laughs> at most. Hopefully. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll take. I'll take the over on that. I'll say. I'll say we have two. So, I mean, you're saying one. Are you saying point five? Or are you saying one and a half? I guess you're uh, saying point five. Technically, right?
1: No. No. I. I. My. I would be at one point five. Is where I would. I one point five. Mine.
0: Clearly, I bet quite a
1: bit. Heavy, heavy gamblers over here. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Josh, where can the kids find us? We are on all of your major social media platforms at the Old English D Pod. Actually, it's Old English D Pod. No, the at the beginning. Apologies. Uh, Yeah. Anybody who's listened this far, if you have a friend that is a Tigers fan that you know doesn't listen to us, please tell them to give us a shot. We love to talk to new folks. I've talked to several new people this week who have started listening to the show and they really enjoy it and they keep them up to date on Tiger's News when they can't can't be a part of it. We love hearing that. We love talking to you guys. Uh, Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Five stars, please. We really enjoy that. We love to hear your feedback. And yeah. It was it was a fun, it was a fun pod, and I I appreciate it even with a little bit of uh, distractions, a little bit of intermissions between things. But it was a good time, case.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure, buddy. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining me. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, go.